Chapter 1 The Elopers In the expectant greyness, which was only just less than the night's dark, a cock crowed twice. Instantly, from the rise behind the wayside station, a second rooster answered him, and with this unearthly sound, the whole ritual of daybreak began. In the red sports car, which was pulled up on the lane's verge below the station drive, the two young people who were asleep in each other's arms moved drowsily. The girl's lips were still against the cheek of the young man beside her, and she completed the kiss which sheer weariness had interrupted before she opened her eyes. Oh, no, she protested sleepily. No, not morning yet, surely. Julia! The boy was all over awake at once, his eyes bright as the lids flickered open. He returned her kiss joyfully and glanced down at the watch on his wrist. His forehead crumpled and he sat up. So much for our careful planning. We've slept for two solid hours and the train will be here in fifteen minutes. Oh, hell, uh, you'll have to go down to the keep alone. Do you mind? I feel as if I shall never mind anything ever. It may wear off, but it hasn't yet, she said blithely. She was kneeling up on the seat and he put his arms round her waist and hugged her. But if I'm to get your car under cover by daylight, I'd better go now, which is a bit heartrending. You're sure Nanny Broom really is a hundred percent on our side? Completely. His voice was muffled as he rubbed his face against her chest with weary longing. I telephoned her before I collected you. Anyhow, she's almost my foster mum. She's always on my side. He sat up to look at her seriously. I gave her the full details. I told her what we had in mind. She met his eyes squarely, her own round and grave. Was she scandalised? Lord, no. She was thrilled to bits. He shivered slightly. And so am I. Me too. Julia was just visible in the cold light. She was a very pretty girl, not very tall, but slender, with fine bones and hair so dark as to be almost black. Her skin was thick and white and unpainted, and her bright blue eyes and determined mouth echoed her father's considerable personality. He was Anthony Laurel, head of the Laurel Light Engineering Empire and youngest self-made tycoon in Britain and one of the most interesting characters in industry. Julia was just 18, warm and gay as a lamb, and every detail of her cared-for, well-dressed appearance acknowledged that she was somebody's very precious only child. At the moment, she was absorbed, peering down into the shadowed face raised to her own. Your smile is like lace, she said. Lace? He was hardly flattered. Decorative. She was entirely serious. It sort of trims you up and makes you glorious. You're idiotic, he muttered through his kiss. Sweet and certifiable, and I love you. I love you. God, I love you. Darling, I've got to catch this dreary train back to London, but tonight... His voice broke with a disarming helplessness which pinked them both like a sword. 
Tonight, I'll come back and find you and damn everybody else in the world. He pushed her firmly away and climbed out of the car. Timothy! Hello? He swung round in the fast-growing light, and she saw him for the first time all over again. He had a rangy body, a distinctive, characterful face, grey, arrogant eyes, and a wide, thin mouth whose lines could curl and broaden like copperplate handwriting. He was twenty-two, and all the panoply of masculine physical charm which had earned him a host of admiring contemporaries, even in the Oxford where they were both students, was at its freshest and best. To see all this giddy power and splendour helpless before her was a part of the enchantment which bound her, and she caught her breath before it.